Behind every great artist, there's a great band who help take the music from the studio to the stage. In each episode, I talk with some of the most accomplished and sought-after musicians in the world, delving into the details of their backgrounds, their stories, and their journeys, doing away with the fiction, and getting into the facts. It's not about the hype. It's not about the product. It's about the players. Yes, yes, yes. Welcome to the About the Players podcast. Thank you very much for downloading. Your support is very much appreciated. We recorded this episode early in lockdown 2020, and I caught up with Paul, Mike, and Kenji, better known as the Hot City Horns, very much established now as one of the UK's premier horn sections. Check it out. Yeah, so on the line, I got my um, good friends and colleagues, the Hot City Horns. Uh, Thanks so much for... um, Coming on and talking with me, guys. How you doing? How's everything going? You all right? What's going on? It's going to happen. Settling. Yeah, 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 for sure, for sure. We're getting it it going. So tell me, man, how are you guys doing right now? What's going on? I'm good, man, yeah. I've actually... I've got a cider in my hand because I thought this actually was a party, but before this, <laughs> my, Mike sent a picture of a glass of water, so I think I've misjudged this. This is weird because I, I was just in the park having a couple of beers and I came back and now I've got a coffee, so I've done it fully the wrong way around, haven't I? <laughs> That's, things are different yeah, now. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, was, I was expecting champagne or something, you know what I'm saying? Yeah, <laughs> things change rapidly. Oh, man, it's a different time for everybody, man. But again... um. So um so tell me guys like um what are the hot city horns? <laughs> That's a big thing, but who are you guys? Um break it down for us, you know? Shall I take it? Yeah, you You're take first. It. <laughs> <laughs> um we're a three piece horn section based in London. Mm-hmm. Uh we're all good mates. Um Paul and myself went to college together, uni, college, whatever you want to call it. And we met Ke- met Kenji at the same time. Uh he was at a different a different university up there. Uh back up north and here we are in london and over the more recent years we've been i guess a pop horn section yeah someone else say something else (laughs) (laughs) so um how and why did you guys decide to start the section um i think it happened relatively organically it just sort of i remember me and mike got an opportunity doing something down in london which then led to us starting to tour with Ollie Murs back in 2011 and then from there it, it spirals and and you start doing more things and you gel as a unit and you lead on to doing more and more things so it, I'd say it happened quite organically. Yeah yeah I, I think it's great that you guys have a recognizable name and brand I mean who, who came up with that name you know? The name was me and Mike lived together in in a crouch end in a flat together and we had a do you remember, Mike, we had like a whiteboard with names on it? It was, yeah. There was a lot of awful names and then we settled on <laughs> one of the awful ones. <laughs> no. I, think, I think it came it came from someone else, actually, I think. I can't remember who it was, but yeah. Did it? it was sort of, yeah. Name, it's like when you have to name a band, it's always the hardest thing, isn't it? Because it, it feels pretty weird at first, but then it just becomes 
part of you, I guess. You know. Yeah, I thought I thought you were going to say something like, "Well, we were lived in a hot city, so it came from there." <laughs> It didn't have nearly anywhere near that much thought going to it. (laughs) So when you guys decided to start the section, did you start the section because you guys were just friends or was it because you guys had like a respect for what everybody did and you thought you guys would make a great horn section together? Is it mother? Yeah. Yeah, I think you should go. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. So um, just going back a step though, I feel like we've missed a step because like while Mike and Paul got in this organically, Mm-hmm. I'd say that I got into it fairly in a fairly contrived manner. Um, contrived, yeah. <laughs> How do you mean? Yeah, my story was slightly <laughs> different because uh, they had a previous member okay. who went off to do producery things and whatever. But they had it. They so they there was a guy that they used to play with, another saxophone player. We won't give him a name because obviously there's only one sax player now. But <laughs> and he wasn't Kenji. Um, they yeah. had another saxophone player. And I used to depth, so when I first moved to London, I used to depth for them, their London gigs Mm -hmm. while they were away doing Ollie Murs. Okay. Okay. And I, and I, and I, so at that point I got to play with everybody else sort of of, that was around. I was playing in, you know, I was doing pickup, I was doing a KB with you, coach. Yep. Yep. Yes, we were. Playing with all sorts of different, I was the pickup guy playing with different sections. (laughs) And I went and, you were more, went in and played in their section. I was like, this is, this, this is. This, this this other sax player, he's got this all right. You know, if he slips up, <laughs> I'm, I'm going to take that. So you, <laughs> and, uh, so you did that sneak attack, huh? <laughs> I definitely think, but, but playing with the boys at the Al Style Awards was, was, was quite a shrewd move. There was, a, there was a, a, an award ceremony that they asked me to book a section. So I basically booked their section, but without their sax player in it, but with me in it. <laughs> <laughs> very sneaky, Kenji. Very it was, sneaky. It was soon after that that <laughs> they parted ways. And when they parted ways, obviously, I felt like a natural fit. So right, while yeah. everyone else can say it was organic, I don't know if it was on my part. Sorry, boys. <laughs> yeah, I mean, and now that you guys settled on this particular lineup, like, why do you think this just works? What do you think it is that makes this lineup special? I think it really, it really helps anyway because we were mates right, and got right. on really well. It wasn't ever like sort of going to work. Mm-hmm. It always feels like you're just sort of hanging out, and the music, obviously, the music is the main thing because that is the job. But mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. it doesn't feel like a job. It's like we're always happy to be there. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, yeah, sure, sure. There was that famous, um, was it Abbey National, the bank slogan that was uh, "Together We're Stronger." Anyone remember that? Oh, yeah, and it's, oh wow! No, wow. that's a terrible <laughs> analogy then. But yeah, <laughs> the sense that you're stronger as a unit. Uh, especially with what we do in, in in horn world, I think as a unit that is like Mike says, friends mm-hmm. that works mm-hmm. well together, knows how each other work. It, it makes what we do easier and more uh, accessible. I don't know. Sure, but sure, also sure. for um, but also because there aren't uh, like I've from what from playing with lots of other people, I don't think there are with what we do. It's quite. Imp- it's quite sort of selfless, if you, if you if you can imagine. You've mm-hmm, got to be, you've mm-hmm. got to want want to be part of the team and want to. Lots of people don't take pride in section playing because sometimes you know it is just long notes and it is just stabs. Yeah, lots of yeah. People, but it, but there is an art to it, and there is a dedicate. You know what I mean? You've got to dedicate yourself to it, mm-hmm. and to find two other people that were like minded that actually gave a shit about section playing and actually cared about it. They you know would get as annoyed if they didn't come off at the, at the same time as everyone else, as they would, if they f- f- fucked up a solo. Do you know what I mean? There, yeah, aren't, yeah, yeah. there are some people that aren't that type of player. Did you feel that that focus um, as a section is something that was missing 
and the other people weren't necessarily necessarily doing it at mm. that particular time? I don't know, really. Uh, I just always know that that's been sort of our motto and there is only one way to do it. Do you know what I mean? I, mm-hmm. I never really thought about what other people do. Yeah, right, right, right. Um, You've not had to, mate. I have. <laughs> Peek out there. That's that Beyonce Peek out there, bro. <laughs> I, I, no, I was going to say, I do think as well, though, um, we we bring three different individual personalities to a to a gig or a, a bit of work as well. And I do think that is important. I think yeah, definitely. with us, definitely. you get three very different people off stage as well as as on stage. And yeah. I think I think that's always been quite important. Of course, I of think, course. I think also as well for it for for us, like we joke a lot about the fact like we were joking before before the podcast started about, you know, hashtag horn life and the fact that, you know, when you do play an instrument that isn't necessarily, you know, the the meat and potatoes of a band, if you will, and is something that can or cannot be cut. The easier you make it for you guys to be employed, and the quicker you can get your sh- your shit together, the more chance there is that, that you'll be booked. And I think, well, you can tell us from a MD's point of view: is it not easier to book three people and just talk to one and have them all come and do what you tell them to do, rather than it is to book three separate players? No, no, absolutely. I mean, from my point of view, um, wherever you can book like a section and people that kind of are used to playing together, know each other, like each other, um, you know, have a good sound together. Um, it makes things so much easier. Mm. Um, I think before doing that, I was tending to just pick individuals um, who I liked, but obviously it's not the same synergy between those individuals sometimes as a section where people have actually put time into kind of, you know, cultivating that art of actually being a section. So yeah, like what would you say is important to the art of section playing? Wow. Uh, I feel like... I feel like- I feel like it's Mike's turn. Yeah, it's my turn. I feel like it's the um, answer time. It's also, it's also. I think playing playing for the music and not using all of your tricks or your skills in the same way in every project. You know, mm-hmm. approach it different mm-hmm. for what yeah. the music needs. Yeah, because um, yeah. horns are quite diverse. I don't know, how am I going to say the right words? I mean, okay. So, how would you actually define a horn section? Like, what does that mean to you? I think it means like working together to create one sound. I think we talk about that quite a lot. Like Mm -hmm. it's it's not about even, even though we have this ongoing joke that Mike is Beyonce, Kenji is (laughs) Kelly and I'm Michelle, you know, and I I accept that. And I have accepted that. Obviously it's not an issue. Listen, we all love Michelle (laughs) too, man. But you work as one to try and create. (laughs) Yeah. We all love Michelle. Come on, man. You know. I love Michelle, but, <laughs> but you, you, you you need to work together to create one sound as opposed to one person sticking out and all that. The blend is important. Yeah, yeah. Like we talk about cutoffs on notes and how you approach the attack of notes and the phrasing. It's mm-hmm. gelling mm-hmm. all of that together. Sure, but sure. even down to the instruments that we choose, um, the setups that we use, everything everything to do with our instruments is to is is picked. And it, the other two are considered, you know, I bought a new horn recently and considered the way that it would play with the other, with the instruments that the other two people uh, that Mike and Paul both play. Paul right, had right. a trombone recently designed and the guy asked him, you know, what are the other people in the section? You know, what are they, what setups do they use? What instruments do they use? How hard do they blow? You know, like mm-hmm. it's, it's all to do with trying to make us sound as one. Cause when we sound as one, 
that's when it impresses people. That's when it's the thing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Paolo's big time. Got people designing his horns and shit, man. That's what's up, man. He got his yeah, own. Like... Yeah, he used to. Paul used to be a big deal. <laughs> <laughs> He's still a big deal, man. He's still a big deal. Shit. I mean, you know, post COVID, you know. No, that is that is really important because there was a there was a make uh, an instrument maker uh, out in Europe somewhere uh-huh. uh, that, that brought, brought brought a set brought a set of horns uh, for us to try and they were very nice mm-hmm, mm-hmm. and very pretty and, and really well made but they just we were we all all blew these at the same time and it just didn't it was a very different sound and it just didn't work that's interesting so, but it didn't sound yeah. like us did it that's no. that was what we thought it, no, it didn't, didn't sound like us at all whether it sounded nice or whatever it didn't sound like what we think we sound like i guess mm. So who were your main kind of influences or inspirations as a horn section? Like if there's anybody in particular you'd like to model yourselves on, who would that be? Go on, Mikey. Go on, Come on, Mike. Go on, Ken. Oh, it'll be Jerry Hay and the Sea Wind Horns. There are there they're the answer, regardless okay. of the question. Really? I'm I'm not hip to them, man. And initiate me, man, to tell me about them. Uh Quincy jo- a lot of, they did a lot of the Quincy Jones stuff so all the uh, off the wall oh man um, I, I'm Thriller I'm uh, Bad <laughs> uh, a lot of like, they've done some Earthman of Fire albums uh-huh. the Brothers Johnson uh, stuff from like he's arranged for Whitney Houston I mean he's still arranging the Incredibles films and all of those things they right. were the, they're the the session section the gold standard they're the answer they're they're they're, they're what what horns are supposed to sound like? Do you know what I mean? If some, if you said to somebody, "I wanted you wanted a classic horn sound," you'd be trying to model that. Right. Okay. 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 That's what's up. So down to the reverb, down to every they, everything. They created the way that we record, mm-hmm. even mm-hmm. the way that like dub. They were the first ones to sort of do the double tracking thing, and like mm-hmm. yeah, the way that pop horns are now, they're the uh, sort of archetype. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. That that's that's good info, man. I'll definitely um have to check them out a little bit more for sure. So tell me, how would you guys define each of your individual roles within the section? Because I think you guys all do have like a uniqueness to you and you all do very different things. So how would you kind of describe that? I feel like we should describe each other's. Yeah, yeah. One, <laughs> so, so yes. <laughs> Go on then. I think you're someone. special because like that kind of vibe. <laughs> yeah. I, I, could, I could definitely start with talking about Paolo. Because okay, he's, he's very... Very conscientious and mm. thinks about everything. Sometimes overthinks, uh, but everything's very organised. Um, mm-hmm. Certainly, admin wise, if you need to mm-hmm. set, need to get a, res- a response to an email. Definitely send it to his. To his. <laughs> yeah. But if you need a sort of intense bebop solo, I'm not your guy. Not me. Right, right, <laughs> right. Um, I'll go for my. I'll go about Mike then. Mike is Beyonce. He's the Beyonce. what does that that mean in Homeworld well I think Mike has a very unique and special sound and style of playing so he kind of leads me and Kenji in the way that we phrase and play Uh, he does a lot of the sort of really intense arranging and voicing of the notes and stuff and like Mm -hmm. it is a great thing that to do with the sort of way that you work as a three like there's no, it gets to the point now where like something needs voicing and we just look at Mike and it's not to say that me or Kenji maybe couldn't do it, but it's just Mike will do it better. So just why doesn't he yeah, do yeah. it? A lot of the time it's just about doing doing things, especially when you're in a, I don't know, a rehearsal or a gig situation where it's the most efficient way of doing it and the quickest way. We've, mm-hmm. You've seen it when, we, when we've when we been trying to, you know, pull stuff together quickly with you. 
or something like that. It's just making it work. And the good thing about being mates as well, it, we don't we don't get offended if somebody doesn't like something, or you know, absolutely. We, we've all got different different skill sets, different styles of writing or playing and stuff like that. And if one of us thinks something's shit, then we'll tell each other and not not get beef. Do you know what I mean? It doesn't. It's not. Yeah. It's not a big deal. It's just like I don't think this is right for this. Like okay, yeah, cool. yeah. Next. Yeah. But, well, Kenji, I think brings an ulterior, uh, an alternative viewpoint a lot of the time a lot of the point if me and mike are thinking a certain way he'll sort of be the devil's advocate and go what about this and have you thought about that <laughs> that's very true yeah no it is yeah, that was an evil no. laugh <laughs> <laughs> and um and yeah it just brings a whole different style in it in his playing and his sort of approach to things and and he made us all up our trainer game quite a lot. That was quite Yeah, important. I was about to say, and he got the ill high top fade. You know <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> he just brought a lot more cool to the section that I certainly wasn't bringing. So, <laughs> no, but right, hopefully right, we all right. balance each other out, don't we? Yeah, yeah. absolutely. I, w- I would say you definitely do, and I think again, I think that's to you guys' benefit. Um, but you touched on something there regarding the writing of parts and whatnot and i wanted to just kind of like ask mike a couple questions in relationship to that so mike how do you approach writing and composing for you know horn parts for pop gigs how do you do that um i'd listen to the track first and then just maybe see what it what you initially feel can it take anything that's quite complex does it need something kind of chilled um Obviously, it's different when you're writing for recording because you can write for more voices mm-hmm. and add stuff to it, double tracking stuff and whatever. But yeah, live, I do a lot of stuff by ear rather than one rule that will work for everything. It's you know, um, sure, sure. I don't know. And did you? St- I don't know how sorry, to explain ahead. it with the ear thing. I don't know. Sometimes it's right, you- and sometimes it's wrong, but. <laughs> Mm, mm, mm. but is that something did that come naturally or did you study composition like how do you how did you sort of naturally a lot of it was i was kind of lucky with the with the, i always had a um quite a good ear uh mm-hmm. and sort of um the perfect pitch thing with the with the trumpet is kind of handy at times um mm-hmm. i don't know yeah it just kind of I, I did i did study bits of it um at college obviously um but mm-hmm. a lot of it is just what's what feels right you know it's a lot it's not really a rule as such in my approach anyway and my opinion and, of my you know and, of what we do but yeah yeah um i get that i was gonna say do you prefer when you're sort of coming up with the lines yourself or do you prefer to be kind of guided by the md or the artist i think i think for yeah for us definitely i think it is nice to to do your own thing, but it's also nice in situations where um, you're working with an MD and you sort of, you know, you bounce off each other and can have that sort of sort of relaxed relationship, bring some ideas to the table that might not be right, or you might, we might think it's right, but it isn't right for the actual track, um, mm-hmm, in which mm-hmm. you've told us before, this is shit, guys. <laughs> <laughs> but I again, don't, don't like get that, the, it. May have happened. Don't take it to heart. Do you know what I mean? That's the thing. There's certain stuff that we'd bring to the table that you'd never write and vice versa. Yeah. It, you know, it's, it's, it's just getting a fine balance and what's right for, for the music or so for and, the artist. 
And how do you deal with it if an MD, not me, but if an MD <laughs> gives you some lines that are complete ass, um, but they're insistent on you doing it? How do you kind of? I deal feel with like that this that is situation? where where the um, where the social aspect and the, and the, diff- <laughs> the us balancing each other out is is kind of good because I'll I'll sometimes get a bit of a face on or get a bit grumpy. We all know that. Yeah, yeah. Um, <laughs> if, if if it's not if if someone's saying something that I don't think is quite right, um, but yeah. That's when the other two will definitely <laughs> say, no, come on, let's, you know, keep your chin up and, and sort of just, just let's go sometimes, with it. Though, sometimes I feel like you have to step away in that situation and just, just sit on it for a minute because sometimes, say you've been given a line that you we think isn't right, on reflection, it might actually suit whatever, you know, because you can get very much into your own Thank you. But then sometimes you be like, no, I really think you should push this. And so it is, a, I've found that sometimes we've learned to just sit back and view and then on reflection go like, actually, we may not like it, but maybe it's fitting what's going on, you know. But Again, ultimately, he's, re- he's reading a situation as well, isn't it? Every, every scenario, you can't have one rule about that. You've got to learn yeah, when you yeah. can push an, an idea or when just to sit tight and not say anything. What was you going to say, Kenj? I was going to say though, like ultimately, it comes down to the fact though that like it's not it's not your project. So mm. like if it was our project, we wouldn't do it that way, and we wouldn't have what whichever line in it. But at the end of the day, and we've you know, there's been many times where we've we've you know we've suggested something, thought it was great, or or they've gone for something else, or they've picked a line that doesn't quite fit the harmony, and we can hear that, but. At the end of the day, it's their product. They're employing you. And as a session player, sometimes you've got to bite the bullet and re- remember, do you know what I mean? Like, it's not about you. It's not your project. It's not about me. Fair enough. Yeah, no, absolutely. I think that's good advice. I think we're all, I think when you work with other people's material, yeah. there's always a point at which you do have to step away. I find that a lot of time. There'll be sometimes I might come up with an idea for an intro or something like that, what I think is great. And then they might be like, oh, what's that? And I'm like, oh, okay, well, but I'm usually quite cool with just like fucking boom, let's do something else because I know it's not mine. I don't care. I mean, that's not <laughs> they're, not, they're not paying you for your opinion. Yeah, that's right. That's right. It's like, it's their music. So it's like, if they don't like it, I'm not going to get all like, you know, like persnickety about it. It's their song. So it's like, you have to do something that they like. You know what I mean? It's like, Jesus. Um, But with that, you know, um, when you're contributing horn lines, and I guess I'll open this kind of out to the floor, but when you're contributing horn lines to projects and songs where oftentimes there weren't horn lines, I guess you're essentially you're adding to the composition. Um, How do you feel about those kind of lines being used in perpetuity, so to speak? We're all trying to work out what perpetuity means, aren't we? (laughs) I think it means forevermore. (laughs) Yeah, yeah, forevermore. I mean, mean, if I'm wrong, then shit, I just said some stupid shit. But, you know, what I was trying to say is, Is, how do you feel when, like, you know, you contribute, like, as I said, like a bunch of lines that didn't exist and then let's say you guys aren't in the gig no more. Maybe there's other horn players or whatever, but those lines are now a big part of those songs. Um, is you know, how, how do you feel about that? I don't know. It's hard really. Cause in one way, obviously that's great. If that line is light enough to stick around, then, mm. then it's great. But I don't know. Is there a thing where you go like, well, who owns that line? But I think at the end of the day, if it's stuck around because it's a, a liked thing, then that's positive. 
Depends yeah. why we're not on the gig. Have we been fired or have we, have we left? <laughs> so you're like, are you, are you trying to tell us something? <laughs> no, it just, it just don't, I mean, it is like, it just dawns on me. Like, you know, the thing about what we do in the live world is that it exists in that moment. And then once that moment's gone, it doesn't exist. And I guess in that context, it's fine. But um, Well, it must have happened to you. Oh, it happens all the time. Like uh, if, if, from from my point of view, but it's really different because what I'm so often doing is not sort of like I'm contributing ideas. I'm contributing lots of things to enhance the music, but it's not always seen as writing, although it is. But more to the point, there'll be times when it's like I might have been off the gig four or five years, and I'm I watch a show and I'm like, oh, I'm basically still on the gig. They're yeah. still doing things I had them doing four or five years ago, and it might be a completely different band or different whatever. So, mm. but I think that's just part and parcel of it. But again, I would say I'm less attached because it might be more arrangement and feel or vibes or ideas as opposed to, you know, actual composition. Do you know, do you know what I mean? Yeah. But sometimes it is that too. I don't know. It's, um, I don't know. It's a good it, shit. Now you, now you flipped it back on me and I'm, now I'm getting mad. <laughs> <laughs> Although you hope, you would hope that if you, if you, if, if we as a section write a load of parts, for a gig and those parts uh, get used forevermore with other horn sections. Hopefully if, even if we're not on the gig, if the next time they need the parts right in, hopefully they'll yes. still come back to us because hopefully people don't, even if they can play them like us, hopefully they're not writing them like us. That's all you can hope yes. for. Yes, absolutely. Because I mean, I guess one of the reasons I wanted to touch on that is because like I've something you, you guys writing and creative ability is something that's been noted um, to myself um, on gigs before. It's like people obviously like the way you play. They like your vibe, think you're nice guys, but they also recognize that you guys write good lines as well, which I think is um, in your benefit. You know what I mean? I think it's one of the mm. good things that you guys bring, which is a great, you yeah, know, which is great. Um, so I guess to Paolo, really, I mean, you know, being the organizer, how did that kind of come about and what kind of things does it involve kind of keeping the, the other two in shape, so to speak? <laughs> I, could, I, I could say that the other two are too lazy to do it, but I think I'd be lying if I said I didn't slightly enjoy it too. I think I'm a bit of a organized freak. So, you know, it's just, but you sort of naturally assume that role and, and I'm quite happy doing that a lot of the time, you know, and it doesn't take a lot to be fair. Sometimes it just, I don't know, it just takes that sort of central figure to, compose the email but you know you're still always sort of communicating with the other two so yeah it's not yeah, really yeah. that much or you know set up the website or do just do some some bits it's yeah. it's not really that much it's just i guess in my nature to to, to be that person yeah don't play down the role of good cop though because you're definitely good cop you know I, mean? <laughs> <laughs> I, I feel like i do well at sitting in the middle and on the fence a bit so i'm you know I believe, I believe they were calling you Positive Paul. I believe that was the, that was <laughs> There the was a time when I was Positive Paul. <laughs> there was a time. No, I'm still positive. Yeah. <laughs> That's a good thing. That's a good thing. Nah, but it, it's cool. It's just, I think, you know, in any kind of, in anything, like in any kind of organization, it needs someone who takes that role, doesn't it? I think. Yeah, absolutely. Like, absolutely. So, All right. And. Sir, I don't mean to cut you off. What was you going to say? Nothing. Cool, really? <laughs> Interesting. My turn. No. <laughs> so, so uh, Mr. Kenji-san. Um, hey. 
Yes, yes. You, um, I guess collectively, you guys have kind of been seeing cutting some serious shapes, doing some serious moves, serious choreography. Um, how did mm. that all come about? Well, I think, um, like I said earlier, meeting two other pl- uh, player people that were that cared about the section thing and cared about the all the aspects of performance. You know, often as a horn section you're not in all of the tune, like musically, you're you're not playing all the time. So there is a lot of time when you're on stage, not doing anything. And I think we all understood that you still need to be part of the performance. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm, Uh, mm -hmm. And also there's an element of, you know, look busy so you can send an invoice, but there's definitely, (laughs) definitely, what are you laughing at? I'm serious, bro. Great to send an invoice now, isn't it? Oh, mate, I'm two-step two-step in now. (laughs) But yeah, it's important to be involved in the performance and to try and bring something so that even if if you're not, you know, in all, if you might only be in three songs, but if they want you on stage a bit longer, there's less chance of you getting cut and you're always contributing contributing to the energy of the performance because you're still in it. If you're on stage, you're in it. Absolutely. You know, so naturally... Well, every, you know, from the time I've ever played with Mike and Paul, there's always been a, a little bit of movement involved and it just sort of escalated because we, and we took that as seriously as we do the playing. Cause if you're not, if you're not, if we're not moving together, it looks stupid. None of us are dancers. None of us would want to do that on our own, but when all three of us <laughs> yeah. do it and we do it, in, do it in sync, it looks all right. Yeah. 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 And I was going to say like, but I mean, you you guys definitely. I remember you guys taking that very seriously. How do you kind of do? You guys chore- were you guys choreographing yourselves, or have you worked with choreographers? And how you know how does that work? Okay. Okay. Well, yeah. So we uh, did. So up until so when we first started um, working together back in 2015, that oh, was a good year. Um, wow. Back in 2015, we were uh, doing Ollie Mers, and we were sort of doing some dances on that and. Uh, I guess it just sort of escalated. Maybe, I guess at that point, maybe we were actually trying to prove ourselves to each other. I was quite new in the section, so I was trying to bring a little something of me. Mm-hmm. So you know, I'd, I'd do a maybe a few, a little, a little extra move, and they'd copy it, and then, then they'd do an extra move, and I'd copy it. And I feel like we were just feeling each other out, but yeah. it looked really great, and people <laughs> started talking about it. Like it became a thing. Yeah, yeah. And yeah. so moving into other gigs when we got when we started. Pl- um, came back and started playing with, with Jess. You called us in to do, I think it was just three shows with Jess. It was a, the Birmingham show, the Manchester show and the London show. And mm-hmm. it was only to do a few tunes, but you know, we arranged the hell out of it and mm-hmm. made sure that when we came and did those three tunes that we made it count, made sure that people knew we were on stage. And Absolutely. it was after that, that it, we sort of became a part of the furniture. And from that, the dancing became, came to the forefront and they got a choreographer into to make it like a proper part of the show and after that you couldn't stop us no one could put baby in the corner <laughs> I think, I think the, t- the turning point was getting told that we'd, we'd done a week of band rehearsals I think and then the next week we got told oh we've got dance rehearsals choreography rehearsals don't bring your instruments and put trainers you're on. like what do you mean <laughs> <laughs> you're like what what <laughs> we're just kind oh, of we, we do yeah. push each other on the dancing like in the same way with the playing, sometimes like in the middle of a gig, say we have like a, a simple two-step with a dip or something. If we're mm. really feeling it, one of us will just sort of scream at the other two, like go fucking the lowest you've been or the, the hardest yeah. you've ever gone. And and then we <laughs> just sort of just destroy ourselves in the sort of little next eight bars. Yeah, really. Everything <laughs> really, is always... You know what we're trying to prove. No. <laughs> <laughs> 
<laughs> do you think that's an important part of like having a horn section though? Because I noticed after after you guys were doing it a lot, I can I can just speak for myself. A lot of people that would maybe email me about work and things like that would always mention the fact that yeah, and we all move together and we all dance and we all do stuff. So, do you think it's something really important for horns that, to be I able think, to do? Well, that 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 was certainly a it was a different type of skill it, it sort of moved on from not just doing the two-step and swaying from side to side that when mm. we had that that week of choreography and we'd written all the all the horn parts the, the previous week in the band rehearsals made it really hard and then the dance <laughs> and then the and then the dance week came uh and choreography week we it to, to learn to play what we'd written that was hard anyway without moving yeah yeah and move at a different time was like like sort of was it rubbing your belly and tapping your head or whatever it was whatever, whatever that thing is but we would be encouraged like i remember times where i'd be like i can't do this like i'm not gonna be able to do this and the other two would be like well you better learn quicker than not you know what i mean like yeah yeah no, we're very hard an we, yeah we very much do push each other like there's no yeah, there's no no <laughs> you're not allowed to fail and you're not allowed to give up even if you want to it's a shame sometimes <laughs> On that, on that thought, by the by, the start of the second the second song, we were drenched in sweat, <laughs> like oh yeah, knackered, out of breath. But yeah, take it as a challenge. I lost and- weight on the road. Imagine that. <laughs> <laughs> I saying that though, you was hitting some serious iron too. I remember, man, you was training too. I mean, let's be real. Well, we try, we try. We try. <laughs> I was drinking too, though, dude. Like it's not like <laughs> honestly. Of course, of course, of course. Why wouldn't you? So, like, um. I guess back to the room and going in circles, man. You guys have played with obviously a lot of great people, but um, you know, you played with a Beatle, man. What was it like to play with Paul McCartney? Over to you, Mike. Mike, yeah. hey. Yeah. Um, I think we were all a little bit apprehensive and sort of nervous about what to expect because it's such a a sort of old school name and gig and whatever, but. But it's the Beatles. Yeah, you know it was, I mean? yeah, it was. It's, it's legendary. It was, it was like, really nice. But again, again, that was a a, a very different thing because you can't go. You have to be prepared for everything. We f- we flew out to New York for the first the first lot, and we basically had to know all of the per- uh, possible songs that he would do in the gig because mm-hmm. uh, there isn't a specific set list. Um, so we had to have everything prepped, and so we've done <laughs> done the arrangements and the charts for all that, for all that it might be. Uh, and then you, obviously you can't, you haven't got free reign over, over writing horn parts, um, right. and rewriting Beatles songs exactly. Do you know what I mean? So <laughs> it is I, what I it. See what you guys, yeah, imagine you guys. I see what you guys did there back <laughs> in '66, but um, I feel as if now. <laughs> yeah, can you imagine? Uh, but yeah, so yeah. we, so we, and what we did have sort of free reign over is, is making it work for the instrumentation and the lineup that we that we are. Like, mm-hmm, say, for instance, mm-hmm. sort of like magical mystery tour is just it's like a section of trumpets at the start but obviously we haven't got three or four trumpets it's it's three of us on you know sax and trombone and whatever and there's di- di- little different things like that and making it work in the right way um mm-hmm. there was something in i think it was on the south america tour which which um paul did paul's last album did it he did a song called um back in brazil uh-huh. which is a sort of um a sort of Latin Sambury Brazilian feel. Is that right? Uh-huh. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and there was the there was a line a line in the middle of it, uh, an instrumental line which was uh, recorded on Duduk. Um, and on the what on what on yeah. Duduk, which is I think it's kind of like a it's like an ethnic flute type thing. Oh, okay. Um, okay. 
anyway, sort of, we haven't got one of them and none of us play one. So it's, it's making it the right. So, so I think we did this thing on, what did we do on flugelhorn and, and clarinet? Clarinet, stadium clarinet. Yeah. <laughs> uh, whilst at the same time, uh, Paolo was playing tambourine. <laughs> Now, hold on, you have to tell this story properly, Someone right? Someone else so, take over because this, yeah. Well, you tell it, Paolo. Tell, tell them about it. your pain, Paolo. Tell so they've got mean. this little line in this Back in Brazil song. We're doing stadiums in South America. It was, it was a wicked... As you do. It was a wicked tour. Yeah. I think we all really enjoyed that one. Right, but and, and Kenji was given the job of a shaker in the verses. Obviously. Kenji was nailing the shaker. He had a you little... Yeah, he had a little hip shake going. Anyway, we finished sound check <laughs> and Paul walks up past us. He's about to walk off and he just sort of stops and goes, it'd be great if you guys could play some more percussion. And then, and Michael's like, well, I could play shaker and Paul could play tambourine. He hasn't checked with me if I can play tambourine. Like, <laughs> like I know it's just shaky, 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 but it's not, is it? It's... it's- <laughs> It is a little bit harder than people think. Exactly. So (laughs) here we get handed a shaker and I get a tambourine and Paul goes, all right, well, let's just check. You can actually, you know, I want to hear it before I leave the stage. And stood right in front of him as well. You literally stood right in front of Paul. And and, and I just sort of paused and he went, come on. And and I just look at the other two and I start to, I must go like, and then I just stop and look at them. Oh, it was, and oh, it was just the funniest thing. And then I spent like the next three hours before the gig frantically practicing tambourine. Oh, God. <laughs> For his debut in front of thousands and thousands of people. It was brilliant. Oh, it was awful. I was terrified. I was You've never seen a man so scared. <laughs> we've, we've, got a, we've got a great little video clip of that of that moment, actually, on the, on the show. We'll have to send you that, I'm, code. I'm, I'm imagining something like... Like that kind of vibe. <laughs> it's just hilarious because we're all around one mic and me me and uh one microphone and me and Mike are sort of, you know, grooving away and Paolo's just stood stock still, white as the sheet, his eyes open, just panicking. The only thing that's moving in is is like his wrist. That's it. Like it's <laughs> I think the thing is too people think it's just like <laughs> but like when you get like three, four minutes in of doing that shit, you fucking hella tired, right? Yeah. Fucking- oh yeah. You need oh, some yeah. serious right arm muscles, don't you? But like, just to go back to that, <laughs> to that gig, what was amazing for us is, is doing something on that scale and the, the sort of the machine that is behind it. It was fascinating, wasn't it, to, to see it all operate and this big family that have been together for years and years and years. Mm. And, then, and then us three dickheads turn up. <laughs> <laughs> I don't think they knew what they'd done. <laughs> I'm sure you played your part. I mean, how did they actually? I'm surprised nobody actually remarked on the fact that I just happened to have a tambourine next to me either. I mean, I come on! Think, like, I, I imagine you used to live in a studio. I imagine <laughs> like, I've only ever seen you in in like premises and places like that, or like the joint. I imagine your house to be like the joint. That's right. <laughs> you know, like teachers never go home from schools. I reckon you don't. Oh, yeah, I imagine you to live in a studio. Oh, God. Yeah, you're not far from wrong. Eat your dinner but, off the um, piano and that. <laughs> but um, I guess on that subject, how do you get um, how do you get to play with Paul McCartney? How does that happen? How did you guys get that gig? Um, well, me and Mike had worked with the, the MD and keys player, uh, a man called Wix Wickens. About four years previously, we did a charity show at the Royal Albert Hall mm-hmm. um, that 
he asked that we did and we just came in we we had very little interaction with him really i think mike did a lot of cross emails and stuff and then just a few years later we get an email saying from wix just saying need to speak to you guys mm-hmm. and we're like wow maybe it's maybe it's that and it's literally wow. and then yeah we met him for a coffee and it sort of went from there really but it seems like since that he'd been following sort of following online and following what, what the section were up to. And I think after that, he even went back and remarked to Paul, didn't he? Mm-hmm. Yeah. After that, he went back and remarked to Paul that he'd met these young guys and they, you know, so that when Paul decided that he did want horns, Paul mm-hmm. went back to Wix and was like, Hey man, what about those young guys? Yeah. And, you know, um, <laughs> that sounded just like <laughs> and then I shouldn't do that on the edit that out. I need my job. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, and saying, yeah. yeah i know i've realized uh, <laughs> oh well boys it was nice um <laughs> and yeah so when he when paul uh wanted horns he sort of asked wicks about those guys and at that point wicks asked us to send a, sh- a show reel and that was that was interesting in what in what sense how do you mean well it's, it's not often that someone says that paul mccartney wants to hear you play yeah, do you know what yeah, I mean? Like, yeah. what do you send? And also, like, you start to panic because although we've done a lot of stuff, we've done a, quite a lot of diverse things and trying to think of stuff that it's all, one of the hardest things about being a session player sometimes is somebody asks you, the next artist that you might want to work for asks you to give them evidence of, of stuff. Like, and let's say, I don't know, say the next band we want to work for is Metallica. Maybe they don't want to hear, I don't know, <laughs> Emily Sande's back catalogue. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, yeah, or maybe yeah. they don't want to hear like, so it was very like, we'd just been in purple trans tracksuits j- dancing about with Jess all summer, which was fantastic. <laughs> and it was amazing. Yeah. But we were yeah. like, is this what we're, does he want to see this? Does he, yeah. you know, yeah, yeah, yeah. but he did. Absolutely. So <laughs> <laughs> he does. And um, do you think it's like important to kind of, okay, I guess now you have this section, you have this name. Do you think it's important to kind of promote that and kind of keep people aware of you guys as a unit? But yeah, hundred percent. Because there's no work at the moment, so <laughs> <laughs> that's all we got is promotion shit. No, no, no. <laughs> we're, like, we're like we genuinely enjoy working together as a unit. So yeah, hundred percent. We want to keep pushing that, you know, as it is, and and keep doing what we've, we've been doing. It's so much more fun and so much, um, so much easier because you've got to remember we can't play a chord without each other. So if with if if those two gentlemen aren't there, someone else will be there, and we'll, I'll still have to try and do the same job, but with two strangers, which makes no sense. We're supposed to, we're supposed to be away right now as well, aren't we? So not seeing each other's faces every morning hungover is uh... this is probably the longest we've ever spent apart. It's weird. Yeah. Aww. Aww. Two months. <laughs> Aww. <laughs> You'll be back together soon. You just <laughs> told us before that we won't be. You told us. You said. Swim, swim, dance, <laughs> <laughs> Something like that, right? Yeah. How is it for you guys when you do things apart then? That must be kind of weird. I know that, um, Kenji, you did um, the Brits with me um, for Stormzy. That was like more of a solo thing, though. Yeah. Um, but how is it when you guys are doing things apart? Is it sort of like, is it different to adjust to different people's phrasing and tonalities? Or yeah, it's just it different. Just- Mm. A lot of the time, if we're doing something different, it's not necessarily another three-piece horn section kind of mm. job, is it? Either, yeah. You may be 
I don't know, anything from playing on your own again you know along with a DJ or something like that or you might be sat in an orchestra it can be so varied mm. so it's kind of it, it is still special and you do cherish those moments when you are together I'm getting all emotional now I know it's oh. the most emotional I've ever heard you speak. Yeah, Michael <laughs> Mikey loves us oh, Mikey so loves us Mikey guy Mikey loves me <laughs> Mikey loves you too Paolo <laughs> oh. <laughs> so um i guess just in a round let's start with kenji man maybe what would you say has been one of your favorite moments um from your kind of hot city horns journeys hmm. um i mean there's been there's been quite a few there's mm. been quite a few big uh good moments like we from the time that we i mean i've done i did my first I've done. I felt I've done loads, loads of first with you actually, because I've done my first arena tour with Hot City Horns and my mm. first stadium tour with the so, first tour of brought like of other countries. I've done all of it's been awesome for me. <laughs> so like it's it's been great. It's been great. But the the main thing, if I'm being honest, is finding two like minded people because mm-hmm. like as I say, as I say, like I know it's very difficult to be a musician to be to have a dream or have something that you want and have to rely on on other people to help you get it mm-hmm, mm-hmm. and in order and to find two other people that want the same and are willing to put in the same amount of work and really care about it and will really push you and each other is mm-hmm. is the only thing that makes it possible because otherwise you know you're not going to get it so for me way beyond i mean i could say you know we went and did this in this country or we did this big gig here, but none of it would be possible if they weren't who they are. So that's the biggest thing for me. Ah, uh, wow. I'm, I, I swear to God, a, a tear <laughs> came to my eye right there. <laughs> yeah, yeah. That's, that's a beautiful shit right there. Kenji. I mean, I mean I'm here all week. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> um, it's true though. Honestly, because like there was definitely, there were definitely, um, I've, cause I've been in, uh, even you know when I was at college, I was in a horn section. I've been, I've been, I've done other things and tried to put other things together, and just had people pulling in different directions. Never mm-hmm. had like when I first got the boys will tell you when I when I first sort of started working with these guys, I wouldn't even let them say I was in it. I didn't believe it was going to last. I didn't believe it was the. I was like, I didn't believe that. I didn't think teams could work. <laughs> I was very right. much a lone soldier. Do you right, know what I mean? Right. And they they tamed the beast. Well done, boys. Yeah. Aww. That makes it. How about you, Paolo? Any fave tour, fave song, um, favorite moment? Anything you know? Like loads of them. Like there's definitely a couple of shows that we did on the McCartney tour. Um, mm-hmm. One of them, um, I'm a big NFL fan, and we played at the Green Bay Packers Stadium, Lambeau Field. Oh, and Lambeau it was, Field! All right. It was yeah. just an epic gig, and also just we were in the town for a few days, and you could tell that that it's such a small. It's such a small town or city that doesn't normally get live music, and it's this weird thing that it has a football team there, and you could just sense the excitement around the the city leading up to this show, and then it was a good show. But um, mm-hmm. actually, I was thinking the one of the first times the three of us worked with you, Kojo, was the Flare East Live Lounge. Oh yeah, oh yeah, yeah. and we and we we did that song Sax, and yeah. it was really fucking hard. Like that line in itself was hard, but you just kept making us add more and more shit in. And I remember it just being, I remember just getting to the end of it being like, fuck, we did it. (laughs) And I think it came out well and it was, it was a cool experience. And the first time we met some of the the other guys in that, in that setup, that was really cool. And I really enjoyed that. 
Yeah, yeah, that was a really good session, actually. Mm. It, was, it was a real good vibe. And was, everybody was dope in that band, too. Really mm-hmm. nice. That's what I mean. It was, it was just an exciting few days together. Yeah. How about you, Mike? Anything in particular stand out? It's always kind of nice. I know it's probably a bit generic. Uh, when you've got your family in there and you sort of have a realisation of it's not just another gig. I think there was because mm-hmm. you know it kind of becomes the norm, doesn't it? When you're when you're away on tour, you you sort of take it for granted a lot. There's definitely a, a when few... I'm on tour, which is a lot, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I, I think there's, defi- there's definitely there was definitely some times where you just sort of like you know the days are sort of going by, but you actually sort of step back and think when you're sort of looking out there, like fucking hell, this is actually really cool. Yeah, 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 yeah. I'm surprised none of you guys said something that involves South America. That's that's all I'm saying. But um, you know. yeah i mean touring south america that's still like one of the things i would just love to do um but yeah yeah we had two weeks there and it was it was a really fun two weeks i think we 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 enjoyed Mm. it tequila loads what's um what's that drink (laughs) what's that drink um calprenias the first night we landed in sao paulo we went for this big meal and i didn't realize they're as strong as they are and do you remember it? <laughs> Everyone had like a couple because it was like a big sort of team meal. It wasn't a go and get absolutely wasted meal, but <laughs> yeah. I didn't get that memo. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Absolutely. No, that's yeah. fantastic, man. So yeah. like, I mean, what do you guys feel is next for you as a section? I mean, do you have any plans to, you know, you guys write your own music, you choreograph, you organize. Do you have any plans to do any things on your own, like do your own material at all? Just anything would be good right now. What I'm driving at is uh, would you guys ever do anything solo, like as Hot City Horns? Wow, not not a lot of support. You, for you that mean idea. you mean just, no? You mean you mean just the three of us, right? Yeah, I mean like, our you own know, thing. Sure. I think we do. Yeah, I like think we do thing. our tracks. Maybe yeah. Like, like like Madhouse or something like that, you know. Like, would you ever like do you make your own record? There might be something in the pipeline, anyway, right? There is something. Kenji, yeah. you talk, talk, but don't say too much. All <laughs> <laughs> oh, right. <laughs> um, I was gonna say, and you rap too. I mean, you rap, you write, you organize, you dance. Well, well this is it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, it's difficult, isn't it? Like being real about it. If we did something, the, one of the things that we really enjoy is being part of something bigger. We like being a section. We like, we like music and we like people in audiences. And I feel like with, because of what we do, you're slightly limited. As soon as it gets overly horny, as you all know, cause you're always getting us to take notes out of things. As soon as it gets <laughs> overly horny, it can, it can, it can make your, your product niche. Right, Do you know what I mean? Right, it becomes right. jazz. It becomes jazz. But not to say that that doesn't have its place. We all love those types of music. We all have. We all love those styles. Mm-hmm. But I mean, re- really and truly, people love Hot City Horns when we're doing stuff with other people. Do they love us enough to come and see us on our own? Don't know. But <laughs> right, I'm, just, right. I'm just being honest. Like that's what I think. Not to say I, that I we wouldn't do we it. Have, we don't collectively have the drive to do that. I don't think. I don't think it, it interests us enough, like you say, because we like being a part of of a bigger, bigger machine yeah. however you know doing things d- d- doing stuff that we lead that maybe still ha- still were vocal songs or where we featured maybe maybe yeah or you know 
Yeah, I, I, I think, is that fair, guys? I don't know. We've not had this yeah. chat. No, I think so, yeah. <laughs> Basically, you won't be swapping stadiums for Jazz Cafe anytime soon. Is what That's what I'm saying. I can't afford to. <laughs> looking outside, seeing if all your friends are coming, like making sure <laughs> I did that. And I, 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 I used to do that. And it wasn't, there was a, yeah, that's what made me move from Manchester to London to stop doing that. <laughs> <laughs> my, board, my friends were bored of me inviting them to gigs that they didn't want to see. I, like, I, <laughs> and I, you know, I, I, hats off to everybody that can keep keep up that fight, but I don't have it in me. Yeah, right, right, right. And um, Paolo, I guess this is maybe to you. I noticed you guys, um, you guys were doing t-shirts at one point. You know what I mean? You guys are taking amazing pictures. Uh, is there any plans in terms of like merch or promoting your stuff further? Like, what kind of things? How do you? Exp- plan to kind of like that's so funny because the t-shirts was all kenji and the slogan was kenji and the photos were all mike (laughs) (laughs) what do you you want to talk about emails (laughs) because i guess i guess i'm just thinking like you know how are you guys like what would you guys like to see um from the section in the future how would you like to develop the brand we have we have talked about like t-shirts you know like and no, we haven't. Scrap that. That's you guys rubbish. Plan to do this at we all haven't. Have you. <laughs> <laughs> you guys have no plans for this at all, have you? <laughs> well, we we, to, to be honest with you, we didn't think we needed a plan because we thought we were going to be working. Like, <laughs> I think we all took for granted that we were just going to gig for the next three or four years, and then after that, we'll work out by the by the time that's fin by the time we've done that, we'll know what we want to do next, and that that's been taken away from us. Like I. <laughs> I mean, it's all well and good you saying make a T-shirt, but I haven't got a gig. So at the moment, no one cares, no one cares about me. To sell this T-shirt where? I don't know. You want me to, what, what am I doing with it? I'm not even hot city. We're not even hot city horns that plays with Paul McCartney. We're just hot city horns that can't pay their rent. Like, this, it's not a thing. Who wants to write that on their chest? This is, the first time, this is the first time I got dressed in two months today because I thought it was you a video call. I mean? Yeah, are you talking about making cat- T-shirts. <laughs> oh my god! I showered. Okay, <laughs> okay guys, squash that then. Yeah. <laughs> no gigs, no merch. <laughs> I mean, like, I, I, I do think that it is something that, like, I mean, we've got a couple of little things that we're up to at the moment, and hopefully, you know, once once we have finished them and put we can we it's it, it will be a, t- a testing time to see actually okay we've done lots of stuff through the notori- notoriety that we have from other people from working with other people but now we're not working with other people like let's see who cares do you know what i mean it's just it, it's, <laughs> in all seriousness do you know what i mean yeah, yeah yeah that might working with other people might not be for a little while so we've got to do something absolutely absolutely it's but- actually been nice getting, getting your head into the recording from home type thing and making that as efficient and as tight and whatever as possible as well. I can record an album in my drawers. <laughs> <laughs> but actually, I mean, obviously that seems to be something that a lot of people are thinking of doing. And I guess outside of lockdown is sort of like recording something that you guys would be up for doing more of in the future. Yeah. Absolutely, yeah. We've always been up for it. Always up for it. <laughs> like, no, but in all seriousness, like even before, like I couldn't, we we couldn't record remotely as in all three of us completely separate, but before we were doing sort of sessions and we take our stuff on the road all the time, even if we're away, 
We've always got a setup so that we can do stuff. It's just that we, not many we did a call. session, didn't we, while we were away in America? Someone called us, needed yeah, something last yeah. minute, and we found some way, some way of making it happen. Basically, so we're always sort of prepared. And one good thing about lockdown is now that we can actually do it separately from our individual homes. Do you know what I mean? And everyone's worked out. Everyone seems to be. And again, that thing of push secretly pushing everybody. Now that we're so now that we're recording away from each other, everybody seems to be working on their recording chops so that their tra- so that their track can be so that it doesn't let the other two down. If you know what I mean. So everyone's yeah, like yeah, go, yeah. going in on the okay. So how do I use this interface? Like how do I? Is there a plugin I could use? Should I get a, re- a, a reflection filter? You know. So oh, like okay. at all times, people at all times, even if we're apart, we're still pushing each other, which is good. Dope, dope, dope. And I guess the last thing I want to ask you because I mean it's really tricky because you guys have done. So much. I guess you guys started small or whatever, but you've literally done, you know, the theaters, the arenas, the stadiums, you know, what What else would you like to achieve? Do you guys have any particular ambitions or even like dream acts or anything? Like what's left for you guys to really do? Like what, what would you, what would you love to do? I, I would, I'd love to do a big sort of American pop act. Okay. Okay. Something from that side of the pond that travels mm-hmm. the world. Yeah. Just, yeah. Just, and just because, you know, um, Americans they have, have a yeah, <laughs> well, different approach as well, then it, it, that would make it different, if that makes sense, mm. from, from doing that, you know. And also, I love being like the Brit in a group of Americans. Yeah, yeah. That tends to work out good, doesn't yeah. it? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> fantastic. Fantastic. Well, listen, guys, it has been an absolute pleasure having you on. Um, it's a shame I can't see you, but hopefully we'll be able to see each other at some point too. Hang out, have a drink, have some yeah. vodka, have some tequila, something like that. We're well due, you know, well overdue for that. Yeah, and um, good luck with everything that you guys are doing in the future. I hope okay. that big American gig comes, be it a Taylor Swift or Ariana Grande or Rihanna or something of that nature. But um, yeah, if that does happen, I want some tickets, please. Thank you very much. <laughs> <laughs> nice one, Kojo. No problem. Nice one, Kojo. Yeah. All right, guys, listen, take care. And no, actually, and how does people find you? What's the best way for people to kind of keep track of what you guys are doing and where you're at? Paul. Paolo, uh, yeah. Uh, Instagram, Hot City Horns. Uh, we also mm-hmm. have a website, hotcityhorns.com. Mm-hmm. Uh, and if you want to contact us you can do that via Instagram or there is a contact page on the website beautiful alright guys take it easy man much love nice one dude take care thanks a lot coach right. hope you enjoyed that episode definitely buy one get three free in the next episode I'll catch up with Joe Clegg Longtime drummer and music director for Ellie Goulding, music director for Clean Bandit, show producer for Mumford and Sons. But recently he's put out his own EP. He's put out an instructional guide called Ableton for Drummers. He's doing master classes and all kinds of things. And he definitely wins the award for best signal chain of this whole series. Listen out for it.